Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of The Command Zone. I'm your host, Jimmy Wong. How's it? It's Josh Lee Kwai. And I'm Craig Blanchett. What's up, Craig? What up, now? It's like you were just here. Actually, because we recorded two uh, episodes in a row, you were just here. You're still here. You're still here. You're still our guest. You are no longer special. We figured this one out last time. Sorry, but He's almost like a co-co-host now. Because <laughs> this is like six or seven episodes you've been on. It's true, actually. I think you've definitely you've broken the record for most uh, most times guesting on the show, I guess. Yeah. Next so. time you see um, Kessler, just rub that in his face. Yeah. Oh, Not, sweet. I'm pretty sure he doesn't care, no but yeah. By the way, we're telling you to do that so that you guys go after each other next time we play. Yeah, rub that in his face, then remind us that he's all that he's better than all of us at yeah. um, EDH. And tell him how much we compliment him on a daily basis yeah. and want to be his ally just in general. And then we'll shuffle up and play. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Craig, are politics you to, at work, everybody. Are you going to Vegas this year, Craig? I can't make it to Vegas oh, this year. So sad. I know. It sucks. It's my but we all birthday. are. And it's going to be really fun. I'll send you a Snapchat of just me in a bath of cards. I am excited to see what Modern You're Masters gonna close on, 2 right? holds. Yeah, oh yeah, totally. Okay. I'm going to recreate that picture that uh, uh, the Rev tweeted at oh, us yeah. from Breaking Bad. Yes, just uh, laying on a uh, laying on the pallet of, of e- cards rather <laughs> yeah. than money. Exactly. They're all going to be commons, everybody. Don't freak out. Yeah, well, commons and maybe maybe if you spot the one like Tarmogoyf in there, there's I'll... like one just one. It's it's like four cards down in that third <laughs> stack over there. Don't worry about it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so uh, what's the topic today? Um, the topic is etiquette in EDH. Ooh, that's a tongue twister. So this is you know one of those hot button issues, something that gets uh, talked about a lot. We'll go into it um in a minute though. I do want to go back to GP Vegas here. Oh yeah, that's true. Because we got to talk about this. Yeah, GP. in case you didn't know, GP Vegas is going to be the biggest face-to-face gaming tournament in the history of the planet. Uh, they've already broken the record at this moment. Without you know, they're still a month away for the biggest tournament in his in Magic tournament in history because they have yeah. that many pre-registrations. Um, it's taking place May twenty-eighth to the thirty-first in Vegas. Uh, so what's happening is Jimmy and I are going to be there. Uh, Alex and Ben from the Masters of Modern podcast, our sister podcast, they're going to be there. Our buddies from the uh, Five Commanders podcast, yeah. um, they're all going to be there. The guys from the Brainstorm Brewery uh, podcast, they're all going to be there. The Reverend in Fuego from BJ Shea's Geek Nation is going to be there. BDM, uh, Marshall, they're going to be there. I mean, everybody that you've heard of in the world of magic, all of the guests that have been on our show... Um, Everybody's going to be in town for that. And one of the things we're doing is a meetup, a big fun, hey, let's hang out, let's trade some cards, let's play some games, let's draft some cards. Craig, I'm so sorry, man. It's going to be a blast. I really wish I could make it. I'm uh, disappointed. You're there in spirit, man. We'll, we'll do it again around Comic-Con. I know, I know uh, Josh is excited to play with that table. Oh yeah. oh yeah, I'm excited to stay up all night for those black. The black border, or the black uh, cards are awesome, but yeah, just staying up all night is not. <laughs> is not. So... The gathering we want to host, which is in, the we're putting the, the invite. Yeah, the magic I can't the gathering. Made that joke. Oh, God, yeah. Whoops, <laughs> um, I didn't even realize. Uh, so it's going to be. We're going to open it up to all of our listeners and um, anyone just that wants to come hang out. Yep. If you've never listened, well, you have to listen to the show to be hearing this right now. So sure. you were then therefore are a listener, and we're going to have prizes. Uh, Wizards has provided us with a bunch of Dragons of Darkir stuff. We've got what do we got? Fat packs, booster box. Uh, yep. 
some play decks. mats, some Funko Pop figures, uh, dual decks, uh, just all sorts of stuff. And we have stuff to give away. I want to unload the inventory uh, at GP Vegas. There's no better place to do it. Yeah, so I mean, it's all about winning, right? That's what Vegas is that's about. That's what Vegas is about. So yeah. the gathering, there's going to be prizes. We're going to play a ton of EDH. We're going to draft conspiracy, mash it up probably with Masters of Modern. We're going to hang out, talk Modern story. Uh, and, the, and the Masters of Modern podcast. Right, too. I always get that mixed up. <laughs> um, and there'll be a bunch of us there. We're going to invite all those people we talked about earlier. We're, all of you are invited. So the deal is, right now, tentatively, on Thursday, May 28th, is when we want to have this gathering. It'll probably be in the evening. My guess is it'll start around 6-ish and go into the wee hours of the night because yep. we're in Vegas. And Hopefully most people are flying in on Thursday at to, some point. to play on Friday, yeah. And if you haven't already made your arrangements, we're encouraging you to you know fly in on Thursday so you can come to this thing and... You know, you can basically all team up to destroy Jimmy and I in every game of EDH. <laughs> yeah, and let us know what your travel plans are because if everyone's like, oh, no, I'm not coming until Friday, we, we know we, of course, everything's tentative right now. So we are waiting to hear back from you guys about who's going to be in Vegas, when you guys are going to be there, all that important stuff. Because, yeah. I, I mean, obviously some people have work and stuff, so they can't make it in that early. Who knows? True. And, and please email us, commandcast at rocketjump.com, and let us know uh, if you're planning to be there that Thursday night because we're going to try and get a venue and we're going to try and, you know, I'm not envisioning this being hundreds of people, but we might have somewhere in the nature of 40 people. Yeah. And we want to know what that number is going to look like so that we can have a space that's going to accommodate everybody mm-hmm. uh, and allow us, you know, the time and we'll the probably space make a to... Facebook event or something for it as well. Yeah. So as we get closer, we just want to get an idea of that number. So if you know you're going to be there for sure, let us know. And let if you're on the fence... Know. I don't know why you're on the fence. Get off the fence and get your ticket to Vegas. <laughs> yeah, the fence is not a comfy place to be. Come no, to Vegas. It's pointy. Yeah, and honestly, like most people come to Vegas and lose abundant amounts of money. We're and Magic is giving you a chance to come to Vegas and win stuff without really that much monetary investment. You know, you, you you'll pay to play in the main event at GP Vegas, but the chances of you actually opening something that's worth a bunch of money is really high. I'm gonna Not lose. Really I'm gonna lose a lot of money in Vegas. Just, I just want to put that out there right now. Yeah, actually, me and Josh. Because there are going. still craps tables. There are still craps tables. <laughs> uh, I forgot who I was talking to the other day, but they're like, "Oh yeah, we're definitely going to Vegas." Oh right, we're talking to Wes and uh, our good friend Brian Tran. Oh yeah, a bunch of our friends from Riot who Riot make League of Legends Twitch. will be there too. Yep, yep. yep. So it's gonna be a blast. We're gonna gamble. Craig is just sitting here stroking his beard, being like, oh, "Gosh, guys, can you stop?" Can Craig, just- it's not too late. Can we just move on? To Not the too next? late. Yeah, have your come to Vegas with your girlfriend. Be like, it's a trip for the both of us. I'll teach you how to play magic. You- <laughs> Doesn't that sound awesome? You know, it's like here. Go. You should see the face Craig's making right now. Open I'll a foil. Have to t- play at deals or something. I mean, open a foil Tarmogoyf. and sell plans. it, and then be like, "Honey, you can I go can't. to the outlets. It's all yours." Yeah, she'd love that. See, there you go. <laughs> yeah. It might just cost you a couple hundred dollars. Here you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's worth it. It's worth it. <laughs> I'll chip in 20 bucks to the Craig Blanchett to Vegas Fund. I, I'm in for 20. I'm in for 30. <laughs> Wait, what is this, an auction? <laughs> We're slowly building up until Craig's just like, all right, so tonight I just somehow earned $1,000. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go nothing. home and be like, sweetheart, it, it worked. <laughs> it worked. <laughs> oh, my God, sweetheart. I, they gave me $1,000. We're going to Vegas, Whoa. babe. <laughs> Yeah. That escalated quickly. <laughs> I can't wait. Uh, yeah. uh, before we get into the main topic, I want to give a special shout out to one of our listeners, Jack Landis. Landis? I think it's Landis. Jack lands in front. <laughs> Jack 
L A N D E S. Landis. Landis, I think. I think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the son of Eric Landis, who is Proggy Boog on Twitter. I think uh, Eric has won a, a prize at something before because I, I remember so. that Twitter handle. Yeah. Anyway, J- Jack, uh, I'm told when he gets in the car with his dad, he asks for the uh, command zone to be played. Yes, that's Jack, so great. Jack, you rule. <laughs> You're a champion. Buddy. And also, you have impeccable taste. Yes. Yes. Fine, fine taste. Fine taste. I also want to congratulate you, Jack, because I heard that you recently played in an SCG IQ, and you went three and three. Three and three. That's he's that's better than I usually do. Yeah, and he's CGs. eight and a half years old. Wait, what? He's eight and a half years old. So he's already a magic prodigy. Getting one win in eight years old. <laughs> you should old, see the look of. that Craig's giving. Are you? He's like, are you serious? I'm what like a- calculating in my in my head. I'm like, is that four times as young as me? Is that like <laughs> a quarter my age? Like, and oh he also God. and he has when a better was, record than yeah. me. Yeah. Oh my God. Jeez. When I was eight, I was like putting pebbles in my nose. I don't think I could have done the math <laughs> to actually play magic at that point. Like, right. at, at eight and a half years old, I think I would have been like, you know, what if a three five attacks into my. Or four, I wouldn't know how to figure that out yeah. at that age. And like, I'm assuming Jack's playing around like things like Dromoka's commands and stuff. And, his dad's and, in a picture, and I mean, he's playing against all guys in their 30s or late 20s. I mean, and he went he went even money. Like, good job, Jack. Yeah. That means next year or the I year after, he's going to win the thing. He's just yeah. like he's like playing the like draw two cards, and he's just like I draw two cards, and I do this, and then I do this. Yeah, like, I what? hope so too. I mean, I, I I think it's I don't know. I mean, this could just be me speaking, but I it's kind of intimidating to sit down in front of someone that is much younger than you that's playing because they could be that person that is just very good, and you're gonna get your butt handed to you if you're not playing right. You know, if you're not really focused. And I mean, that's how I lost to Mono Red in the first round of GP uh, LA, and it was against the kid must have been fourteen or thirteen, but afterwards I was like, oh. It's very well, humbling. It is. Indeed. It's extremely humbling to be taken down by someone when who's I was like that age, not I was, outside of high school. I yet. was such an idiot when I was that age. I wasn't doing anything. <laughs> I didn't know interactions. I didn't I, like. I'm, I'm assuming Jack. I mean, has to know like you know the breadth of what's in standard right now and stuff, which is really impressive. Uh, so kudos to you, Jack. Three and three is nothing to scoff at. I went uh, one and five at uh, GPLA, and I'm. Uh, I'm I'm about three and a half times your age, so yeah. <laughs> there uh, goes my hopes of being a pro. Also, uh, his dad tells me that Jack's favorite commander right now is Tristani. Tristani, oh, so, we talked about Tristani. Uh, last we time, talked yeah. about uh, Celestia last episode. Um, probably a token deck. Pretty cool. Yeah, pretty Tristani cool, Jack. A, I like your choice. I do too. Although it doesn't have awesome. blue in it, so. <laughs> I just think moving forward, Jack, take a closer look at blue. It's pretty cool. <laughs> when, he turn, when he turns nine, he'll get into blue. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, all right, on to the main topic today it is EDH etiquette or EDH kit, uh, however you want to say it's it. It's going to look better on screen than when you say it out yeah, loud. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, this is a big one. Yeah, this is one of those. We could spend eight episodes on it. Yeah, and it's just it's something that comes up all the time. It's, it's like one of those... Um, Things that's a source of like confusion or frustration for a lot of people mm-hmm. when they first get into EDH, and a lot of people who have played it for a while too. Um, so etiquette is defined as the customary code of polite behavior in society or among a particular profession or group. This group is Magic: The Gathering EDH players. Correct. Which is a uh, <laughs> it's a tough one to nail down at best. Yeah. Um, it's also constantly changing, and it's based on the people, the culture, the customs, the I new mean, cards that come the meta, out. The new car- yeah, so much, it's, so much. It's really this. hard to pin down what this is. We're going to talk about it in broad terms. Um, I, I think let's just start by listing some of the things in EDH that sort of cause 
confusion or disagreement or or just plain make people upset from a yeah etiquette standpoint oh yeah it's seen as a breach of etiquette slash trust slash something right now we're going to go through this list and i don't want you to think that we're endorsing or saying that any of these things are or are not bad etiquette we're just pointing out things that some people you know have said in the past could be or are bad etiquette or bad form yeah it's really that's one of the things about this sub this subject matter is it's really tough to say this thing is bad etiquette it's like some people think it's not. Some people think it is. It's yeah. just in the right the... playgroups. It could be bad etiquette to consider it bad etiquette. <laughs> exactly. In our playgroup, I think a lot of people have noticed this is very. We don't have a lot of things we consider off limits. Yeah. You know. So, um, but but a lot of playgroups we hear from are like, you know, they, there's a lot of stuff that they don't like. You and still that people allow get mad. Sarah ascendant. It's like yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so let's let's just go down and we'll go down the list quickly there's a lot yeah, um, we'll just mention a little bit about each so yeah we don't spend too much time on this part. so land destruction yep um especially mass land destruction that's obviously one infinite combos uh especially two card infinite combos that's yeah. that's one that people really complain about or kiki jiki slash pester mike kind of thing yep yep um just very fast kills so decks that can sort of kill you Four turns six or so. Mm-hmm. So but Craig, what like else, infect. What besides infect would do something like that? Uh, like there's maybe there's Rafik combos. There's combos you can pull off before then that aren't infinite. Or there's you know yeah. a Sarah ascendant can very easily do that. Yep, Sarah um, ascendant with a sword on it. Yep, just hits you four times or three times and you're dead. Um, that kind of stuff. Uh, mass hand destruction. Yes. Yeah, so discard effects. Just just cycling stuff that just makes everybody discard their entire hand. <laughs> I feel um, like di- like discarding, you know, because I think there's a difference between like hand destruction and hand cycling. You know, you like to play hand cycling a lot, which I think is very acceptable. No, no. Yeah. yeah. I think anything that makes it so that most people don't have any cards in their hand, that's hand destruction. Yeah. yeah. And so that's not fun for a lot of people. You'll notice a lot of these things on the list just fall into the unfun category. But the, the unfun category specifically being they stopped me from being able to play the game of magic. Right. By wrecking my lands, wrecking my hand, killing me so early I couldn't do anything, going right. infinite. Um, another one is mass counterspells. Tower on the Sky Summoner. Yeah, folks. I know our friend D really hates counterspells in general. He just doesn't like that they exist, period. Um, but definitely decks that their whole goal is to just counter everything yeah and be the con- just straight control some people don't like that uh tutors i mean we held we heard from sheldon menry the godfather mm-hmm. of the format that he doesn't like tutors in the format so but that's what's definitely, there not to like folks so yeah. that's definitely something and again that 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 underscores the point that it's a moving target because mm-hmm. even sheldon says a certain amount is okay yeah but what's that number is it three is it four is it five is it six I mean, once we're sort of horse trading at that point, right? It's See, like we I, agree. I feel like those are the most acceptable because it's it's such a not consi- inconsistent format that you need those tutors to be able. Well, to right, help. but I mean, I'm not saying whether we. Sw- well, some people might be like, "Hey, you could afford a demonic tutor and a vampiric tutor and a right. imperial recruiter, right. and I'm stuck with the precon." You know, right. the, some people it's the power level for some people. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not endorsing whether this is bad etiquette or not. I'm just saying there course. are some yeah, people that think that it is. Yeah. Um, this is a big one. Just turns taking too long. I will endorse this as bad etiquette because you should be playing faster. <laughs> Come on, guys. Come on. That's Practice just, at home. If it's you just need something people yeah. complain about, especially in bigger groups where, you know, if you normally play with four or five people, then just if everyone takes two minutes on their turn, then that can be almost 10 minutes before it's your turn again. Yeah. Um, that, I've had times where I just play another game on my phone when I <laughs> pass. I'm like, well, I'm not going to do anything. I'm tapped out. <laughs> um just bad threat assessment. This is a complaint we get a lot, which is just like, oh, the other players at the table, they don't understand what the threats they need to kill are, and that frustrates people. Um, 
you know, it's kind of reminds me of people that sort of get really, they complain a lot when the people playing next to them in blackjack, like don't play it how they want them to. Oh, you know, interesting. It's like, well, yeah, it's but like, why didn't you hit, man? You made me bust. Yeah. It's like, whoa, hold on. Hold on. I'm putting my money down. I can play the game however I want. Yeah. Like I can hit on a 20 if I feel like it, man. It's my, it's my <laughs> 10 bucks. It's not yours. You want to put the 10 bucks out there, then you can do whatever you want. Yeah, it's true. Um, teaming up. Yeah. Some people don't like, well, this, this falls into a couple categories. One is just teaming up before, agreements to team up before you even start the game. And a lot of times you'll see this when like good friends are playing together. So like some, natural allies, right? And they'll just always ally up and you just know. I mean, we've seen this in our, in our group sometimes with certain people where you just know they're going to be on a team because they're just, they're just friendly with another. Yeah. Where it's like sometimes good friends fight each other. Like you and Craig... <laughs> I know you're most likely going to fight each other because yeah. that's just your antagonistic. Too. Yeah, right? just, oh, that's hilarious. So yeah. much hate. It, we just have such a storied history, Craig, that when I play you and it's not one on one, I'm like, I just may as well make this a one on one game. I'm still going to attack Craig for that. I'm yeah. fine with that. I yeah. just want to see something so Josh, happen. Trust me. I just want to like. <laughs> I just want to play my hands. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, and I think that's a, a point that we're going to come back to in this over and over with this etiquette is. We just want to play. The reason that we want to play is we want to play our decks that we created that we've spent so much time and effort on. And money. And so, can't forget that uh, part. <laughs> so teaming up can also be, though, some people just don't even like the political aspect of the game where they get teamed up on even if the agreement's made during the game right. for reasons we talk, inside the game. Spikes don't like this sometimes. Yeah. Uh, oh, and that's another thing. Um, if people are just known as good magic players, then sometimes they'll get teamed up on because yeah. the other players at the table are like, well, that guy's the best player. He plays in GPs and stuff, and we're just kitchen table players, so we, we better... We call it the Kessler effect, yeah. because we have one player that had more experience than the rest of us. And when we first started playing, Kessler was the guy we would always team up to get, because oh, yeah. he was just better at Magic than us. Even and if here's the thing, he could have drawn look, seven lands, yeah. and we still would have done you it. You do, know? You look, and you bring up a you look directly at their hand, and you're like, how many cards do they have? Well, they know how to use a bunch of different cards that I never saw, like how they were using them <laughs> I before. I better just attack them. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's better safe than sorry. Um, some people don't like metagaming, which is the idea that I'm using information from previous games or outside mm-hmm. the game to affect the game or decisions within the game. Some people think that should be out of bounds. Um, we talked about that uh, in our last week's episode, in our yep. tricks and tips. Yep. Some people don't like pure chaos type effects or what they call troll cards so like warp world is one of these i know craig you're not a big fan of warp world i just don't like warp world because of the time that it takes with the same thing with hive mind you know which getting back to that i just want to play my turn i don't want to shuffle all my stuff in and then count how many permanents I had and mm-hmm. cycle out, you know, and take yeah. 20 minutes to do that for everybody. Some so we know which side like... of the fence you're on as far as that being bad etiquette. Yeah. yeah. Some people just don't like chaos, too, because it's like, I had a plan and you ruined it. Yep. And it's like, well, I mean, plans always get ruined in magic. <laughs> uh, here's a big one. Decks that are just too powerful, quote yeah. unquote. You know, we hear this a lot. People email us all the time going like, my playgroup is mad about this particular deck. I have a Jaleva deck, or I have a Rafik deck, or I have a Memnarch deck, and it's too powerful, and they've asked me to stop playing it. What do I do about that? So that's another thing people can consider bad etiquette. Mm-hmm. Um, use of proxies. Oh, wow, we've gotten a lot of actually emails about proxies recently. A whole ton, because we talked about it on the Trading Up episode. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of different ideas about what should be allowed as far as proxies. And, and that's a thing that people can get kind of salty about yeah. as far as if you have a lot of proxies in your deck or some people have a weird sliding scale where they're like, oh, proxies are fine, but if the card is this expensive, then it's not and blah, blah, mm. blah. It gets pretty crazy. Um, oh, Infect, your favorite, Craig? A lot of people just don't like it at all. They don't think yeah. that the 10 Infect 
our poison counters is correct in EDH, and they think that's kind of broken. It should be 15 or 20. We had Sheldon on the life total. 20 is just like... That's untenable. That's like the people who say that, they have no idea what they're talking about. They've (laughs) clearly never played Infect before. But I mean, even But they did play against it, and they died, and they think it should be 20 Even 15, it's like, you know, it's 10 for a reason. If your whole goal is to infect somebody, the creatures are so small that you need to pump or you know, equip them with something so large that to get them to uh, be able to kill somebody and not have all your creatures die or not be the target right. of the hate immediately is 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 impossible. Chris, so <laughs> this is we're the... laughing because you're just spewing off. On Listen, I'm just saying some people don't like it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Either way, it should stay. T- it should stay at ten. I could see one v one. That in case it was unclear, is... Craig likes it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Craig's just, a fan. That's the moral. That's a, a fan. Of the We're mechanic. just like you go, Craig. You, you go, tell Craig, him, man. Yeah. You tell him. Good luck with that. Um, so come on, guys. It's really fair. Everyone just kill Craig right now. I don't. I don't want us. You know what? We can band together because I don't want to get infected by this. This. Evilness. And you know the reason that I say that is because like next turn I'd be like, and you're, you're dead. You're dead. You yeah. three yeah. are dead, and now it's just me versus this one. <laughs> Last yeah, and it doesn't even matter if you win against that person. You're the just fact so that happy. You got everyone else out. Yeah, you're infected with happiness. That's why you love infect. <laughs> <laughs> um, the next one is Tuck. Yeah. So this was a thing that evidently people were considering bad etiquette or bad form, and you know that actually was considered bad etiquette to the point where it got banned. So that um, is on the list, just like the other stuff. Um, oh, here's a good one: stasis, lockdown effects, right? Stuff like um, winter orb, uh, static orb. People do not like that stuff that just basically makes it very hard for you to play your cards. Yeah, even like stuff like propaganda is considered stasis in a little bit, you know, force yeah, people not I, to be I able feel to attack like, you. Yeah, I feel like that's not as hated because you can still attack, just not that True. person. Yeah. But anything that just says, hey, you can't use your creatures at all, like humility, people, mm-hmm. some oh, people don't yeah. like that type of stuff. Uh, Blood Moon for you. Yeah, I would put that under this next category, which is playing stuff that is unfun or mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the word mean is really important because that is a word that goes from... It could be any card, really. Yeah, I think uh, Iona is the best case of this. So Iona is just a creature that when she comes out, you name a color, and then nobody can cast spells... Or sorry, your opponents Opponents, can't cast spells of the chosen color. So you can just totally... Like somebody's playing a mono red deck. If you cast Iona naming red, you can turn off that entire deck... Yeah, uh, except for their artifacts. Yeah. <laughs> it's just really kind of sucky. Blood Moon is another one that just kills uh, all... It, it turns all non-basic lands into uh, mountains that can turn off all every five-color deck I've got. Um, mm-hmm. Nevermore is another one in that category where yeah. when you play... There's Meddling Mage. Meddling Mage, There's yeah. a few things with this type of effect where you basically name a card when you put uh, this card into play, and the named card can't be played. So you can just name their general, and they can't cast it until they get rid of the Nevermore, which is an enchantment. Again, against Mono Red... Yeah, they, they might not have a single enchantment removal card, or just chaos warp, and that's it. And they're just hoping to draw it. Contamination, yep. kind of the same thing. Is yeah. right. Nobody can cast anything if they're not playing black. Yeah, yeah. So, and then, um, oh, I like this one, Craig. You added, which is just personal etiquette at the table. So, also, what's considered bad etiquette, and I think everyone would agree, is mm-hmm. just like abusive language, bullying, uh, bullying, getting life. personal with it. This is stuff that's outside yeah. of the game, not inside the game. You know. Uh, you know, threatening to do something physical to somebody would be that. We understand that, you know, your playgroups, especially in card shops and whatnot, can be very varied. And there's a lot of different personalities that are out there that, uh, you know, usually the best case scenario is just let everybody breathe and uh, it's not worth, you know, 
to getting, you know, working yourself up over it or anything like that. Don't let your feelings get hurt if somebody's, you know, picking on you or something like that. Just remember that it's a game. Try and remind them that it's a game and uh, get back to having fun. It's all about If you're the good LGS too, the people that work and own the store will also help enforce uh, the good etiquette, have fun. Yeah, and I don't want people to be scared to go to LGSs and play. I mean, we've done it a lot and I've seen it very rarely. I mean, it happens, but I don't know if it happens all the time. Yeah, and usually people are quick to rush to the aid of the person and and point out like hey dude that's out of line and it's a group setting so i mean typically magic players are very intuitive people that have you know probably gone through some pick getting picked on themselves when they were younger for playing (laughs) magic so the thing is any game you play that's going to happen sometimes you know poker that happens you play basket pick up basketball Mm -hmm. at the gym down the street every once in a while there's going to be a little tussle some people like that's just a nature of games some people aren't good at you know, compartmentalizing or handling the competition. And, you know, that's usually a problem with the person and not a problem with the game. Um, But it is bad etiquette. So it does definitely belong on the list. Okay, so that's the list of stuff. And it's not comprehensive. I mean, there's probably a whole bunch more things you could put on there. But... But that demonstrates, because how long was that list? So, so long. That's yeah. like like half the outline is just yeah. talking about what people can consider it's, bad. That's etiquette. like twenty things off the top of our head. Yeah, that are bad. You know that we've heard complaints about. You know, being bad etiquette, or maybe it's bad etiquette, or what should I do? And almost all of them are subjective. Yeah, and so what's that tell you? Holy crap! This is a really, really hard issue to nail down and to mm-hmm. say. You know. We're not going to be able to say at the end of this episode, okay, this is bad etiquette and this is not, you know? there's You can't define it. Yeah. Um, the nature of it is that each person's going to be so different and each person's going to have a view on each of these little things and that's going to, and they're going to each be different. I mean, we're going to talk about this really quick, I mean, between us and we're going to have different opinions mm-hmm. about, and we play in the same play group and our play group is great. There's not a lot of complaining. All these complaints I've heard from a lot of other play groups you know, we we don't have. I've never heard anybody say, "Hey, can you not play that deck again? It's too powerful." Or, "Hey, that combo is right." You know, maybe we've heard slight little things from one person in our play group, but in general, we don't have those same complaints. We're tolerant of yeah, it. Yeah. So, or just used to it. Sadly, it's <laughs> like ah, the abuse is real. So, <laughs> I mean, let's 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 talk really quick. So, we just went through this list. What is some of the stuff on the list that we talked about that you guys think is totally fine? Like is not not fine. No, no, is fine. Is, oh, is not fine. bad etiquette. Like, um, I'm fine with infinite combos because mm-hmm. there are so many ways. Once you learn, get a little deeper into the game, how to stop them. Mm-hmm. There's so many ways to do it. Um, instant speeds, slot stuff. Like, uh, even just like a a crossing grip. You know, something with split second. You know, you find the little edges and stuff, and you know, as you start getting hit with more infinite combos, you start growing to be a better player. Not necessarily a spikier player by any means, but just a better player because. Now you need to hold back that one card that mm-hmm. you may have played out earlier in previous games because you've seen something now that makes you understand that oh okay I need to I need to sandbag this right. or something in the you know like a Rakdos charm or something right or switch out that super Timmy card that you have for that you know uh, mm-hmm. it, like the one second. you never resolved anyway because magic is about like building your deck and responding to stuff and it, it you shouldn't make the assumption that like. I'm not going to have to deal with my opponent's deck at all. Yeah. You know, you should be under the assumption that like, yeah, I'm going to have to have ways in my deck to deal with what they're going to try to do. Right. That's what magic is. It's a strategy game. So if you don't want punch and counter punch, then I'm not sure exactly why you're playing. It's true. But I can understand why people don't like infinite combos. I think it's very restrictive for anyone that's a new player to the game to be like, and I go infinite. Because the first time that happened to me, I, I immediately would jump back on the defensive and went, whoa, 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 hold on, stop, stop. How? 
yeah, you know, it explain feels, every bit to me. And it then, feels a little cheating. Yeah, and I didn't get it at first because the interactions. I was like, wait, what do you mean you can tap this to do this, et cetera, et cetera. And when it happened, and I was a little bit in shock at first, and then I realized, like, oh, okay, this, I believe, is just a regular part of the game considering it's a, a format that plays ev- almost every card from the history of Magic. Well, I think, too, like, here's a little bit of advice to the people that go infinite and get that response. Um, one is you might have picked a bad spot to do it. You know, we yeah. hear this story a lot. We were on Brainstorm Brewery, and Corbin was talking about how he's playing with a couple of new players, and he did something. I think I don't know if it was infinite or not, but he won on twelve on, on turn thirteen or fourteen or something. Right. And they were a little upset with the way it happened. I assume it was an infinite combo or something similar that happened. And you know, if you're playing with new players and your goal is to get the new players to like the game, maybe you don't go infinite against them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe you just don't play that card that can go infinite. Or now, it's not that deck. If I'm playing with you guys. And Jimmy puts out Kiki Jiki and um, Zealous Conscripts. We're like, cool, shuffle up, let's play again. Nobody, yeah. we've played a million games of Magic, but if you've only played two games of Magic and that's your second one and somebody does that, then you don't have the perspective maybe to handle it. The other way to sort of to play it is after you do it, explain to them what happened and then just be like, hey, okay, so here's the things to watch out for mm-hmm. and here's how you maybe stop it. And you, know, you let Niv Mizzet sit out there for five turns. Yeah. You know, and then that's just a bad idea in general. When you, you chose to kill these other two creatures, which are good creatures, but they're not going to go infinite at any time. Yeah. And, you know, that, and, and that sort might be a way. the power back in the player's hand, as yeah. opposed to saying, like, no, you can't do anything about infinite. Sorry, bud. You know? Yeah, exactly. So that's, you know, I don't think the etiquette is whether or not you go infinite. It's how you handle it when you do mm-hmm. and how you pick your spot to do it. Yeah. Oh, also, before we get too deep into this list, I feel like some people may have the impression that we're just a play group that says, oh, everything's fine. No worries. You should just play like everything's fine because that's just, you know, how smart people do it. And it's definitely not the case. There are things that we all have, you know, we all have our own threshold for like, this is cool, this is not cool. But in general, I'd say we are more on the side of, it's okay, just shuffle up and play another game. I think we are more towards that. And I think, listen... (laughs) <laughs> it's not like a fanatical devotion towards that, but I, th- I I feel like it comes from. I mean, you you spend a lot of time in Hawaii. We grew up in the Pacific Northwest. We're more, more laid back, relaxed and laid I d- back. I don't know yeah? if it's I don't know if it's that. This is how I learned to play games, mm-hmm. and and it's also my philosophy of life, which is that I want to have the power, and if <laughs> the power is yours, Josh. but I want to have the power over myself. I don't want to give it away to somebody else. So if right. something bad happens. If I throw up my arms and go, well, that's ridiculous, that's saying I can do nothing about it. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't want to live in the world where I can't affect it. I want to live in the world where I can affect things. So when something happens, anything in life, my first thought is like, okay, what did I do and what can I do differently mm-hmm. that changes that equation? And if you go through life that way, I feel like you're going to have a lot more happiness and success because right. you, are, you have power to affect things and to do things. And you know what? As you start thinking in that manner about everything in life, you start realizing, oh, you know, yeah, this thing happened, but I, I did this, or I, I did, I, or, I, or if I didn't do this, then maybe it wouldn't have. And, and you can start, like, taking control rather than just being caught in this maelstrom of random things that can happen to you in life. Like, right. you know, and it doesn't mean that you can't blame other people or other things for happening and some things aren't out of your control. That's not it at all. It's just how can you be aware of it and take responsibility 
Yeah, shoot for the stars. We live or in the, shoot for the moon. We live in the society the where we don't like to take responsibility. We like to sue over everything. We like to blame somebody. You know, if something happens, mm-hmm. we want to blame people. Like, are we still talking about infinite combos? Yeah. I, <laughs> sorry, I'm just philosophically, I am very opposed to the idea of t- giving that power away and saying there's nothing I can do about right. it. And that's what I feel like a lot of people say when they go, "Please don't play the commander; it's too powerful." Oh yeah. Why don't I just build my deck so I can beat that commander? Please don't play that infinite combo. It's too it's too much. I can't stop it. Oh yeah? Oh, Why don't hold I hold a counterspell? Exactly. Yeah. Why don't I build a deck that can beat that? Yeah, magic is all about being proactive too. And it's true. This does I mean, I think partially being in Los Angeles also helps it reinforce the idea that, you know, because you, you're kind of your own brand and your own business out here and, and you don't have, you know, like a nice guardian spirit looking after you at all times. And sometimes you know you have to realize that you have to fend for yourself. Uh, and I think that does feed into the same idea in Magic is that, you know, it's your cards, it's your untapped mana, it's what you are able to affect the board with or do in response to something. I right. think the words in response is the most important thing here because whenever anything happens, it's very rarely that it's just straight up you can't do anything about it. You know, there's almost always an opening somewhere and that's what Magic is about. It's about finding that and, you know, there's always a card or, or stopping someone that they've printed that will answer a certain situation. They yeah, haven't exactly. made a situation that's on. I mean, they banned the cards where that's not the case. Right. Sure. Uh, the only thing that I can think of right now that you can't really get rid of is like an emblem from a planeswalker. And I think they purposely made it that way. Yeah. Cause but, it's almost impossible to get there in the first place. Right. Yeah. And even then and most the, times it doesn't necessarily even end the game still. You the know? infinite combos, there's plenty of spot removal in every color to be able to address those, especially now, like we were talking about last episode with the green stuff. Now even green has things to answer, mm-hmm. uh, you know, those. Even and you can run fight cards. Be. You know, people are like, oh, those cards are bad, but there are instant speed fight cards you could run. Yep. You're not. So, you know, in some respect, like, don't complain to me that they did an infant combo with Niv-Mizzet just because you refused to run the cards that would stop it. Right. Yeah. You know, so that's... You don't have to put it in those terms, but you can gently sort of explain to people like, okay, the game is built so you can stop these things. Yeah, the game is also built that you can talk to the people and find the happy medium because if there is one player that's all about going infinite and you find it's just an arms race, then yeah, guess what? This is a social game. You have that aspect of it as well to address and you know find your happiness, your happy spot within it You know for the group. So I think, I think this conversation really applies to almost everything I see on this list of stuff that we think is not bad etiquette, but some people do like... Very fast kills, mass counterspells, tutors, uh, chaotic cards, decks that are quote unquote too powerful, infect, uh, tuck. You know, this is all stuff that we put down. Are there any? Is there anything I just talked about that you guys think is actually bad etiquette? I think mass land destruction can be. Oh, I, I didn't say that. Oh, you're right. It's not on there. Haha. Well, in that case, wait. That's bad form. Yeah. Do you think there's any? Is there anything? Any that, of the stuff that... I just said? Do you think it is bad form? Uh, not personally. No. I mean. Most of those things are are pretty good. I would say the only one that would be like uh, borderline. Borderline would be like chaos or trolling cards, depending on you know if you're the trolling level of the troll. yeah the level yeah. of the troll and if you're targeting one person or whatnot. If you're being mm-hmm. a bully, then that's obviously not good etiquette. Well, mass counter too. Kind chaos of. stuff by nature cannot bully one player because you can't control it. Yeah, absolutely. The chaos <laughs> yeah. stuff not, but the you know the uh, the mass the trolling, counter can be the, the trolling, trolling cards yeah, or anything if like it's that. too targeted. I mean, if someone's just taking out the personal vengeance or just being mean in real life, then it's not the cards they're playing, it's the person itself. Yeah. yeah. Again, yeah, I don't think that's that's got anything to do with cards and has everything to do with Yeah. You know, and the nice thing is that like look, it, let's say someone is giving you a really hard time at the table, they're bullying you, they're just they're making sure that you can't play your commander because they think it's too powerful for whatever reason and it's making the game unfun. Well, fortunately for you, uh, that game is 
just an hour of your life. It's not something that is going to follow you from game to game. This person that, you know, does these terrible things to you. And so fortunately, and you get to choose whether you sit down and play with them again. And you're perfectly within your rights to be like, yeah, that person's not fun to play with, you know? So I'm just not going to. Yeah. It's a choice you can make and be proactive about. Yeah, Yeah. it's true. Um, So let's talk about some of the stuff that we think is bad form. So you mentioned it earlier. Mass land destruction. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, sometimes it's necessary, but I feel like, you know, what are you trying to do with land destruction, right? You're trying to make it so that you come out of it the best. Right. Right, is the whole point. But the only thing is that when you're doing land destruction against someone that's not using their lands in, like, an evil or, like, you know, a super powerful way, then you're just blowing up someone's lands and, and forcing them to not be able to play any more cards, you know? Especially if it's super late in the game. I feel like it, it can be less productive than the intended result, which is why I think it ends up being bad form. Because if it was like mass land destruction, everyone's like, oh, thank goodness, you know, this is gone and this is gone. Or if it's just, you know, that's great. But if it's just mass land destruction, then three people are like, oh. Now we have 45 I'm, more minutes. I'm just going to say this. draw, go, and then you two that somehow crawled out of this hole are going to have fun while the rest of us just sit here and draw, go until we can play again. I'm not in the land destruction I'm camp. The, I'm fine with it. Camp. I don't love it, obviously. I'm, I'm just, I mean, like, I'm, I'm fine with That's this no too. different than just, if somebody plays honestly, a Blood Moon or somebody plays a Stasis. Yeah. Those are the same type of effects where it's like, I'm not See, doing and much. And you're probably okay. You're okay to just sit there and do nothing. I mean, I don't love it. Don't get me right. wrong. But that's a part of the game. And it's the but same. But you're more in, contented with that. It's the same empowerment thing. And to me, I'm like, it's fine. They're doing that thing. And I'm probably going to lose this game. And it's probably going to take a little while. And I'm. It's like that's going to happen sometimes. Now, if somebody was playing a mass land destruction deck all the time, but it's still my fault because why am I not playing a deck that literally counters the deck they're playing all the time? Sure. Yes, you can, adju- put- you can adjust your deck to... You can make a deck that can beat mass land destruction. Or why so. is your table not just hating them out each time? Exactly. That? Yeah. So, so if they're not playing it very often, then big deal. It's happening once in a while. Why am I mad about it? And if they're playing it all the time, then why the heck can't I beat the deck that I know they're playing every time? So I feel like either case, I'll put that into my own hands and I can deal with it. So to me, it's not that big a deal. But again, I grew up in an era where land destruction and mass land destruction, that's how we learned to play the game from the start. Right. So to me, I was just desensitized to it really early. So I understand why people don't like it. And as a result, I don't play. I think I have Armageddon in one deck. Yeah. And it's the Nekusar deck. And it literally is like Armageddon, go, you die, you die, you die. Everyone want to shuffle up and play again? Like it's not, it's, 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 I don't think I've ever played Armageddon where it's like Armageddon go See, 45 minutes later. If that's the case, then that's much better. Cause it, but you it, can't make that rule because of there's too much gray area. Is it okay if everybody dies after three turns? Yeah. Okay. Well, four. Think, okay. Getting five. Back to the etiquette. It's like, you know, I think there's one question that everybody can ask themselves is, you know, is what I'm doing affecting other players in a negative way? You know, is is are is everybody else having not having as much fun because of something that I did? And if it's so. yeah, you know, like I just want it when I play. You know, we we don't get to play that much, and I just I really want to play out my hand. I really want to play out like what my deck was meant to do. And if I'm stopped from doing that because you know of Iona or Ruination or Bad Moon or Contamination or something like that or some sort of you know land destruction, not having any land to be able to do that, it just it makes it not as fun or, you know, if you don't have the cards in hand, you're just, I don't know, you're just sitting there not doing anything, but if it can lead to, okay, you know, infinite combo, I win. Now let's shuffle up and play again. That's when I'm like, all right, cool. At least I'm, at least I'm engaged now. Mm-hmm. All right, Josh, how do you feel about mass hand destruction? Um, same. Really? 
Yeah, I'm. Uh, what if it's like someone just going right at you, being like, "You don't. You as soon as you draw a card in the Zumi grave, grave robber, just discard it." I mean, how's that different than them attacking me with infect or attacking me with a big creature or it's anything true. like that? Like, that's just attacking on a slightly different axis. But unless that person's like being personal about it, mm-hmm. but that has nothing to do with the hand destruction. It just has to do with the manner in which they're doing. Like, if they're like also saying personal things, <laughs> right? You know, to antagonize me or they're threatening me physically or something like but again those the, the cards aren't the problem so i'm fine with it because i'm in the same camp which is that's fine like see i'd i'd much rather be taken out through infect or damage with the big creature or something like that why because at least that way i can like go on my phone and not feel bad that i'm like isn't that the same thing you can do if they destroy your hand or your land well i mean then i'm just sitting at the table just like waiting for my next turn at least if i'm like out of the game if they I kill you in turn four something. with infect but you can do the same thing I if get, you have I no cards, scoot. you can't make any decisions, so you can just play on your phone if you want to. Yeah. It's the same as being dead or knocked out of the game early. That's why I don't understand why people get so mad about land destruction. It's just like, if they had killed you, you wouldn't be as mad, you say, but that you're in the same position. Mm-hmm. You're just not playing. Yes and no. Like, <laughs> semi-arguably no, because, like, you you know, if you're still in the game, then there's still, like, you still have a land drop and stuff like that. You're still somewhat tied to that game. But if they kill you... You know, uh, uh, let me take it back to, like, when I was at the card shop. Then I could hop on my, like, you know, PSP and, like, play whatever game I was playing, which I I could still do at the table, or I could start up another, like, standard game with the other guy who got kicked out or something like that. Or, you know, there was there was always something else to do. Whereas if you're, you know, if you're... I just think getting knocked out uh, on turn four or five with Infect, which I'm fine with, and something you particularly like to do, so it feels hypocritical to me. <laughs> and, and I'm... Fair. I'm and, and fair. everybody's open to their... Or, uh, everybody can have their opinion. I'm not... I'm just saying, like, to me, you're those are... right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To me, the, there's an analog there, and I'm fine with either, but it's interesting that you're not, because I don't, just don't actually understand the difference between having no hand and being knocked out of the game early they both kind of suck but they're both part of the game and it's fine what breaks josh lee quiet? the next one turns taking too long turns taking too long this is something that doesn't need to occur true um you know and and within reason i understand but when somebody takes a long time all the time mm-hmm. or everybody's taking a long time um that can get annoying and if they're new again granted then you get extra leeway because you're new to the game and if we don't give new players extra leeway then we're actively trying to stop them from liking the game, which seems really <laughs> stupid, um, which it, it extends into infinite combos and those other things we talked about earlier. Um, but just taking too long for like weird reasons. We played the other night, um, and I won't name names, but we were playing with a couple of guys, and they were a little bit slower to the point where like I was like trying to tutor during their turns, like worldly tutor during their <laughs> turns, just to speed things up. And they're literally stopping play to wait till I and st- am done tutoring so that I don't somehow cheat and pull out a card that just, is in response to, to something that right. they... And it's like, they I'm trying to speed up the game, and I, it's you're <laughs> actively slowing it down even more. So, you know, that's that was just slightly annoying. And again, that's not to the point where I'm like, I'll never play with those guys again. I like those guys. I'll play with the, them again. And I'll just be, like, more tolerant of stuff that slightly annoys me. Because... Mm-hmm. If we were all just a little more tolerant of stuff that slightly annoys us, then no, we wouldn't get a million emails about what do I do about this guy or that guy, <laughs> you know? Now, it's, what do you think about something tied to that, but, you know, similar but not the same? People who missed a trigger last turn, but now they're, oh, they want to go back and, and activate that trigger or something yeah, like that. Yeah, too late. <laughs> I think if it, if it requires everyone to stop and look at you and go, 
Uh, then that's a no-no. Like, if you miss a trigger and it's something that you need to keep track of, then you should probably make sure that you do it. Otherwise, just let it slip by. If I you just have to want retroactively go back and change that much stuff, then that's not worth it. I just want consistency. Mm-hmm. So whatever your group does, just do that all the time. So everybody right. knows. So either allow it or don't allow it. But don't allow it sometimes and then sometimes not. And then just make arbitrary rules like, oh, well, that was one whole turn pass before your one, so you can't do it now. But, yo, you caught it before he drew his card, so it's fine. <laughs> it's like you can't just make it up on the spot. So just have yeah. an agreement. The first couple times it happens, just stop and go, okay, it's fine if we allow this stuff. What Is are, what are we allowing? Or whatever. Yeah, exactly. What's the, what's the rule that allows us? And, you know... I am all for being understandable. We all do it sometimes like, oh, crap, I forgot to draw that card. And it's like, fine. You know, whereas if it's like a whole rotation of the table, you know, we've had ones where it's like somebody read a card slightly wrong um, and like two turns went by and they're looking at like, hey, this says power less than, not power less than or equal to. Right. That happened with you in Profaner of the Dead, actually. And it's just like, oh, whatever, man, you won that game. It's fine. I'm not going to go, <laughs> like, it's just stupid. Like, it's not worth it when you're playing with friends and there's no prizes on the line to get too worked up about that stuff. Right. You know, hopefully you're playing to have fun with your friends and you'd be having just as much fun playing, you know, League of Legends or something else, in which case none of that stuff would come up. So why are you getting so worked up about a missed trigger or mm-hmm. a misread card? So I'm mostly fine with that stuff. Yeah, um, I agree with you there. It's interesting, Craig, you put this down on this on the list, right? You put the things under it. Uh, Blood Moon, Ruination, Iona, Contamination. You put that, you do think those are bad? I uh, think form? that they're so. I play with a lot of those. <laughs> I know, that's why I, right. I, I, I absolutely Iona do. Josh, a but, ago. you know, and this is the hypocrit- hypocritical part of me is that when they get played on me when I'm playing the monocolored deck, it sucks. And, you know, there's, uh, I don't know. I. It all just goes back to I just want to play my stuff, and if I can't, then it's just not the same experience to me. But I do understand that they're a valuable part of certain strategies, and you know they're they're great lockdowns to be able to make sure that you know the spiky players can can win when they can. <laughs> that, see that I don't like that because I don't like just labeling people because they play a Blood Moon. Which, by the way, we all know. Oh, of course not. I think Iona's the the worst out of those. But and I don't Blood I don't, Moon is the most the most okay out of those because the blood moon all you have to do is just not run so many non-basics right i own all you have to do is run more colors <laughs> true but i mean <laughs> even if you then have... I own a, if you're a two-color deck i own is still such no because like your other color down. should be able to kill her maybe i mean like what, what if, if you... your other color is green song of the dryads or a fight card <laughs> yeah, just like I, I was saying yeah. yeah desert twister like there's yeah. cards that can do it true and yeah, I'm, I'm just saying, Wind based on, I think Blood Moon is just Earth as bad thing. as Ionia. Ionia might be a little worse because monocolored decks mm-hmm. completely hosed. Um, but I don't like labeling people as spikes because they play them. Now, it's funny because I don't play a single one of those cards. I hate Blood Moon. Everybody knows it. But I don't think it's bad form to play it. Now, I mean, if you're playing it for a legitimately good reason, like so-and-so is just going off and without stopping their... How like, do you define legitimately good reason? Well, I mean... it. It's true. I mean, it's all subjective again. I, I feel like Blood Moon, I mean, because I'm okay with it, because I do play it, obviously, mm-hmm. so I have to be okay with it if someone plays it against me. Craig. I'm a total hypocrite. Look, I, <laughs> I hate Blood Moon when I'm playing, like, Carador or something, and I'm, I have all my non But you don't think non-basics. it's bad form. No, of course not. I, okay. I really don't. And, you know, if if uh, I'm playing, you know, a monocolored deck where I'm playing a lot of basic lands, I'm like, yeah, let that Blood Moon ride out. Like, let's see where this goes. The shut, moon has risen, folks. Down. Yeah. I mean, what I try to do is meta them out. And we've talked about this. I just right. attack the person with Blood Moon. Yeah. But it's not because I think it's bad form. I'm just actually trying to condition them or train them to know <laughs> that 
that like if you play that card, this I dislike it happen. to the point where I'm just going to kamikaze you because I don't care if I win this game now. I right. actually need to, in the long run, teach you not to play Blood Moon. <laughs> but I do not think it's bad etiquette because what am I doing there? I'm taking the power. I'm not saying it's something I can't deal with. It's the mm-hmm. same philosophy. So there's almost no card you can play where I think it's bad etiquette. True. I think the majority of the complaints that come about someone being having bad etiquette is when it's just one game that happens to impact you a lot. Like one game that you're like, gosh, I really did not have a good time. And the fact that he just kept discarding all the cards in my hand constantly was just not fun. And I just don't want to ever feel that same way I did that time again. And I think that's where a lot of the feel-bads come from. But it's such a moving target because you could have a bad time in a game that wasn't like that Mm -hmm. because you're having a bad day because your boss yelled at you or, you know, you got in a fight with your wife or, you know, nothing's going to feel fun that day. So Typically, it sucks to go and be like, I'm going to play a one-hour game and then be sitting there for 30 minutes, like, twiddling your thumbs. But I'm just saying, like... If you judge whether something's bad etiquette based on whether you have fun or not, you can't even tell from day to day exactly what's going to be fun for you. Mm-hmm. So, yes, so that that's not true. a fair barometer. It's a pretty crappy barometer because it changes from day to day. So that's my point is I don't like to judge etiquette, I think what somebody else's etiquette based on how I'm feeling. Like, uh, you know, I, I think etiquette-wise they're okay, but I think there is something that we should understand that they probably don't draw out the best emotions from people and if if you if people don't want to get uh you know personal feelings involved with games they they may want to not play those as much or yeah if you're the kind of person that that gets super salty over a multiplayer game maybe edh isn't the game for you or maybe it just requires a little sort of rethinking your mentality towards this sort of and i think like totally just deeper than that like if 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 someone if you're playing a bunch of games with people and they start to not have as much fun or whatever you know it's it's going to affect that metagame in a in a long-lasting kind of way I also guess I think we're all intuitive enough to know that, like, look, don't play the Blood Moon deck like every time, you know, like switch it up with some other stuff and, you know, throw in some some surprises every once in a while, like pop out Iona or something like that. But well, I guess in the case of if you're the oppressor, then again, the power is also in your hands if you want to foster your playgroup and have people not, you know, have people want to actively contribute and keep playing EDH. Like that is also in your power to make it more fun for everyone or play in a way that it, it that at least evolves people through the steps because not everyone's going to be at like josh's level for yeah everything's fine and you know depending on the context or whatever like not everyone's going to get to that level immediately so i mean you're also a part of that equation if you're playing in a group and someone's like hey you're playing unfairly etc or like you're making it not fun you know sure maybe what you think you're doing isn't necessarily unfun but it is also in your power to listen to what someone else is telling you and act up based off of that yeah i think that's really smart which is like look around see what the reaction is, pay attention. You know, it's not like, because like I'm saying, I'm saying all these things don't bug me. I'm also saying I don't use them because I know they bug other people. You know, that's the thing. Land destruction doesn't bother me. Do I play land destruction? No. Blood moon doesn't, you know, I don't like it, but it doesn't bother me. Do I play blood moon? No. Like, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying I'm okay with this stuff and therefore I'm using it. I'm saying I'm aware people don't like it. So that's fine. I meet them at that level because I want my friends to have fun playing the game. So that's something to pay attention to. And if you're the person in your playgroup that everyone's sort of groaning whenever you pull out certain decks or you, you mm-hmm. know, 
then you need to, you know, you need to bring them to the level where they're okay with what you're playing or you need to change it or you need to change the people you're playing with. Because you're not going to tell somebody they like something when they don't. Like, what are you going to do? No, you like land destruction. Oh, I do? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, that conversation is never going to happen. Yeah. So you either stop playing it or you find somebody else to play with. Right. You know, or you teach them, hey, okay. This is manageable. Infinite combo. I know you didn't like it. It felt weird. Here's how it worked. Here's some stuff to watch out for. You know, I've played against decks like this, and this is how I beat them. You know, if it, it depends on social dynamic if you can have that conversation in that way. But th- those are ways to sort of bring people along. And again, I would yeah. say I would say very strongly pay extremely close attention when playing with new players because the goal really is to grow the game and keep the game growing. And and when you're playing with new players, the rules should totally be different. Yeah, and that's the that's the the best time for the highest dropout rate if that makes sense like a new player has the highest chance of saying nope and or yes you know of going in and continuing to play the game so that's you do have to be extra careful for good reason Mm -hmm. okay so the last thing i would like to explore um is just when you see bad etiquette like what we consider genuinely bad etiquette Mm -hmm. how do you respond uh fist to the face no that's that that was incorrect that's I mean, no bing for me. Yeah, that's the opposite of bing. (laughs) (laughs) Do not punch anyone. I'm not endorsing that. Please don't. Ever. For any reason over a game, don't do it. Yeah. Um, If you're that invested to the point, you need to look inward and say, what's wrong with me that I'm getting to that? So worked up. Yeah, that I'm getting to the point where I'm willing to do stuff like that over, you know, a card game. Um, So what do you do? Talk. Discussion. Your humans were built in to talk to other people. Uh, it's not an easy conversation, and it's never going to be an easy conversation, but it only gets easier the more you do it. I, I 100% agree, and there's two important things, I think. Don't do it directly after the game when the thing happened. Right. Fresh wounds. Yep. It's just going to be too worked up. You're going to be mad. They're going to be defensive. That's not a good time to be having those conversations. Do it before play starts or at a time when you're not playing Magic and you're hanging out with that person. Mm-hmm. Also... It- be willing to meet them somewhere. You don't go into a conversation or negotiation of any kind and just give ultimatums. It's just not going to work. <laughs> so if you go to somebody and go like, that deck's too powerful, you shouldn't play it. That's, you're not leaving them anywhere to go. Yeah. So you need That's to true. be willing to meet them at a certain point. Like, hey, man, that deck's a little too powerful. What can we do here? Mm-hmm. You know, can you help me figure out maybe how to beat it? Listen, if you have that conversation... Where you go up to somebody and go, man, that deck is really good. I have never beat it. I've never seen it beat. Can you help me? You're obviously really good at this game. You know what that'll do? Two things. One, you'll get some advice on how to beat it. Two, you're telling them their deck is too powerful and maybe not fun without getting in their face about it. Yeah. It, yeah like it's complimenting them. Yes. The and it's just way. like the political thing we talked about uh, a couple episodes ago where you're actually using a positive thing to get your message across in a way that doesn't make them... Co- become defensive yeah i mean i feel like a lot of people are like yeah i'll talk to them about it later and then they have an ulterior motive when they talk to them or they're still bitter about something and they, they're carrying extra emotion like you got to shed all that stuff if you're going to be able to have these conversations in a real productive manner yeah all right all so right. uh time for the end step end step i have a cool one it's a cool one indeed okay so there's a short film i did uh with some friends i directed it and edited it uh it was a long time ago now 2007 we won the best, 
I think, horror suspense film at Comic-Con International Film Festival. Uh, we won a few other awards at various other uh, film festivals, but the Comic-Con one's the coolest because Comic-Con's awesome. Yep. And uh, it's called Eli. Not like to be a- confused with the name of our editor. <laughs> it has nothing to do with him. Um, but the movie is called Eli. It stars David Anders, who is on Alias. He was on... Heroes, Vampire Diaries. He's now an iZombie, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and The Revenant with Leo DiCaprio is filming right now up in uh, up in Canada. David's also from Oregon, the Pacific Northwest. Uh, very cool guy. Um, it's it's short. It's like 16 minutes long. And the news is that we just put it on iTunes. Or, or sorry, we just put it on YouTube. Aha. It was on iTunes. We had a contract that ran out. So now we've got the ability to put it on YouTube. So for the first time ever, you don't have to pay $2.99 to watch it, <laughs> which is why I haven't talked about it up till now. So the link will be in the show notes, or you can go on YouTube and just search Eli and David Josh. Anders or Eli Josh Lee Kwai. Yeah, either one will work. And uh, check it out. Hope you like it. That's my end step. Yeah, I have to still watch it. I, I told you I was going to watch it before. Right. I was doing a lot of work. It's okay. I live in LA. I'm used to people saying that they're going <laughs> to read scripts or watch things, and they never do. Ah, uh, yes. Called out. Called out. Don't do it, guys. Fulfill your promises. All right, cleanup step. GP Vegas. We talked about all the information earlier. May 28th is when we want to do the meetup. It's a Thursday before the weekend starts. Let us know if you're going. Let us know if that date works for you. Uh, And just be verbal and talk to us so that we can make sure we schedule the best event for the maximum number of our fans and friends. Email us, commandcast at Mm rocketjump.com. And make sure to check out the Masters of Modern, our sister podcast. They talk about all things modern in the format. Uh, Kessler is uh, ungodly at predicting things. He has predicted, he predicted the battle for Zendikar uh, almost a year ago now. He has predicted almost... They did a whole show predicting what's going to be in uh, Modern Modern Masters Masters 2015. 2015, So go listen to that and uh, see if they're right. Yep, very well-spoken dudes. They know what they're talking about. Uh, Make sure you check them out. They're also on rocketjump.com slash podcasts. Craig, where can we find you on the worldwide interwebs? At Craig Blanchett on Twitter. Nice, nice. Craig, thanks again for being our continual guest, uh, our number one superstar. You are my number one guy. We haven't done that in a while. Yeah, we haven't. I missed it. I think most people still don't even know where that's from. Uh, And we won't tell you. It's from one of the 27 Batman movies. That was kind of creepy. I have no idea what that (laughs) was from. Jack Nicholson. Oh, my goodness. All right. You have to to You're old enough to know that. I should. Was that Batman or something? Yeah, Yeah, man. First one. Yeah, Okay. All right. Before the nipple suits. And one final note before we sign off. There will be no new episodes next week. I have a super busy week. I'm going to be on a shoot for out of the five days, so I won't have any time to podcast. And we've sort of been going on, I guess, a marathon session with all these two-episode weeks. So we're taking a week off, and we're going to be back the week after that, back to your regularly scheduled programming. So thanks so much, guys, and we'll see you next time. Peace. Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. <laughs> <laughs>